This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This episode of Believe is brought to you by Cryptid Coffee Co. Use promo code BELIEVE on checkout for 10% off their angry Yowie coffee blend. Head over to cryptid.com.au to check them out. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. To tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight I'm joined by Caleb and Caleb has got a collection of really interesting paranormal encounters to share and it is one of those is a first for the podcast. So Caleb, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kay. Thanks for having me. It's cool to have you on, Caleb. I got really excited when you emailed me and I know I say this about basically every guest that comes on the show, but everyone who comes on the show, I always get excited to talk to them. But you are the first person to come on the show to share a near-death experience, which I think is insanely cool because... I've wanted to talk to someone about uh, an NDE as they're, as they're known for the longest time. And uh, yeah, I was so grateful that you reached out. So, mate, are you able to tell me how this kind of happened? Well, it was completely unexpected. Um, it was back in 97. Me and a group of friends, we were in a borrowed van, one that we'd never been in before. We all piled in and me and my other friend were just in the back of the van where there was no seat belts in the back and we were going up a main highway in Perth and there was music blaring up the front and you know just chatting in the back as much as you can over loud music and I didn't realize that the back door the hatch door of the van was faulty and I was leaning against it and you know for a while nothing happened but I'd obviously pressed against it a bit harder and the door lifted up 
and then I went out back with the, um, the door lifting up. I went out backwards and half of my body was hanging out of the back of the van and I could see the road rushing underneath me and we were going 60 k's an hour so it was fast and it was happening really quickly. My friend who was a bit smaller than me, he tried to grab me and I was just too far forward for him to do anything and I knew that I was going out and I was going to hit this road really hard and as that was happening um, I started having images in my head which were really strange um, just mundane things like the time I woke up uh, looking at the alarm clock there was an LED readout I saw that I saw myself going to the bathroom and then just really mundane things that started to get quicker and quicker there was more flashing of images as uh, the seconds were ticking by it's like one of those sort of animation books where someone does a couple of lines and then the next page is a couple of lines and they, they flick it and then you get to see an animation move in the in the long run and that's what it was like for me there was just pages and pages and pages of this of my life flicking past in reverse so I eventually got about probably 15 years back and I knew this because I was seeing images of myself growing up in the country and then it stopped and then I heard this voice and it was a night it was a really strange voice and it wasn't a voice that I recognize it was male and female at the same time which sounds weird but that's the only way I can explain it it was it was an androgynous voice I don't know if that's the way I could describe it but it told me to keep my head up and I didn't know what that meant. So it showed me an image in my mind, which was for me to press my chin into my chest as hard as I could, because I knew my fingers were slipping and at any second I was going to go onto that road into traffic that was behind me. So when I saw that image, immediately I pressed my neck or my chin into my chest and I just let go. I couldn't hang on anymore. And I landed really, really hard on my shoulders. And if I didn't tuck my neck in, I would have broken my neck. Absolutely. Would, would not have made it. So I'm doing this commando roll, tumbling all the way back into traffic. And I get up and I really sprain my ankle and I'm laughing and limping back to the van. I go back to the van. All my friends are crying because I thought they were going to watch me get absolutely killed. And I'm laughing. They're crying. I get in the van and go, I can't believe I survived that. And they just said, we can't either. And I had instructions on how to survive it, but I, I didn't see a tunnel of light. I just saw reverse images. Um, just re It was really unusual. I've never seen anything like that before. Um, and it was very clear in my mind's eye. So, yeah, that's what happened. So you basically saw your life play back to you in reverse, but just random moments. It was, no, it was everything. It was absolutely everything. It was, but it was going so fast. Um, it was, it's such a strange thing. It's like it condensed because how old was I? I would have been like 24 at that time. So it condensed 24 years of life into these images. And it was going, it was going so fast, but at the same time, I could sort of see where it was up to. That would have been mind blowing to, to experience something like that. And, I could, I could imagine it would have happened in, you know, a moment of time, just a, a fraction of a second. This is what happens. Like when I was just, when you're talking about it being mind blowing, I'm, I've got chills now thinking about this. There is something that happens um, with the parent, with the, with this phenomenon, or phenomena, however we address it. Time 
doesn't work the same way it does in our 3D reality. There's, it's almost like time stops, but um, hard to explain. I wish a quantum physicist could tell me how this goes, but yeah, like it's something that could happen, you know, in two seconds feels like three minutes. Um, it's a real, st- I don't know whether other listeners have had experienced anything like that, but yeah, it's, time is expanded in, in those moments. So it's it's kind of like a, a distortion of time happens when you yes. are experiencing this. Yeah, a time distortion. I would absolutely call it that because it's completely irregular to how we experience time. I think there there's a, there is a name for that, and all the science geeks are out there are gonna like absolutely slay me for for probably getting this so completely wrong. But I think it's like the the Doppler effect, where images in space uh, are moving to. To different speeds yeah possibly i mean i i can't explain really how i was able to keep up with these incredibly fast moving images but i i was a sort of like um i was in those images as well but also outside of them observing and it's a strange thing as well i was, I was observing those images and what was happening to me and also observing from the outside as well almost like having an out-of-body experience where i was I was observing me hanging out of the van. So you have these other perspectives in that moment where, yeah, you, you're almost seeing yourself out, outside of what's happening to you. Yeah, that's such a, a surreal position to to be in. It, when when the, the images were flashing through your head, were you able to, to process? Like, were you understanding the images that you were seeing or was... Because I know you said like time was feeling different, but were you comprehending what you were seeing? A little bit. Like there were moments where I could see clearly, other moments were blurs. Um, It's, yeah, it's, I was sort of shocked on how a lot of the mundane stuff was still there. Like it wasn't going through big moments in my life. It was just seeing almost everything was like, well, yeah, that's weird. I don't know why I would be showing that. That's quite kind of boring, but it's, um, yeah, it wasn't big sort of moments. It was just mundane things that were flashing up. And yeah, it's, I guess because it was, it was starting the process and there must be some sort of process that happens when you're in these moments and um, the phenomena start begins that sort of process. So I don't know whether other people experience the same thing and they get mundane things as well. But, yeah, I certainly did get sort of mundane and interesting. It wasn't all just like highlights of my life. It it really does go against the, um, I guess, the grain of, you know, what a Hollywood uh, near-death experience, you know, like a life flashing before your eyes of the, you know, the one-hit wonders of the life kind of shows up as yeah. it's, it's kind of going that, on. That's what I was amazed about because when you see those those Hollywood depictions, it's like the birth of your children or getting married or, you know, uh, first day of high school. And, and it's like, wow, yeah, mine wasn't like that. Mine was just like, you know, going to the shops or, or just weird, just mundane things. It's like, really, this is going to be my highlight reel? Because I've, <laughs> I've done way more cooler stuff than that. But, <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> but, you know, that's just what happened. And, you know, once, once that um, voice interrupted me, and uh, stopped it. I guess that was the end of it. I don't know why it decided to intervene, but I know for myself, I know it wasn't myself talking to myself or 
even if you you know have a higher self i, I know it wasn't that I, I knew it was a completely separate entity and, and why they could be bothered you know saving me in that moment i don't know but it's pretty incredible they did did you ever ask your your mates there if they told you to tuck your chin or anything like that no i didn't um and because or I was so far away from anyone else by this point. Um, and all I could remember my mate, all he was saying was my name, my nickname, which was Leb, Leb, Leb. That's all he was saying. He, all he could say was my nickname and cry. So he, he's, he wasn't going to tell me calmly to tuck my chin into my chest because <laughs> he was just screaming my name over and over and over while crying. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's fair that. enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. Because I'll, I'll, And he I'll... was the only one. Like, no one else at the front knew what was going on because the music was so loud and it happened so quickly. And we'd never been in this band before because it was borrowed from some random friends. And, um, yeah, no one had any idea um, until, you know, Mark started screaming and then people, I guess, started to pay attention. But by then it was too late because it all happened very quickly and, and except for what was happening internally for me, which was not quick at all. It seemed quite long. Yeah, it would have felt like it was a lifetime of, well, literally, you know, you're seeing a lifetime flash by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it seemed uh, the whole thing probably would have been, lucky 10 seconds but it felt like it was going for minutes it was that quick what do you think the voice was that you heard i have no idea um i don't know i really never even really thought about trying to find out what it could be um i i would say that it's not a deceased relative because it wasn't a voice that i recognize um but I don't know. I, maybe it could be part of the source or the ether that is, you know, that that's sort of connected to everything, like just consciousness maybe. But, but yeah, because it seemed um, inhuman. Like it seemed like it wasn't a human voice. It was something else. It's funny you said consciousness because in my mind that was – what I was thinking as well. And I didn't want to put the words in your mouth or, you know, to to lead your story in any way, but it's just so funny you say that because that's exactly what I was thinking. Right. Yeah, well, it's what seems to make most sense to me. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that it really didn't have a, like a male pattern voice or, or a female pattern voice, it was like a mixture of the two is... Really, you know that's that's a really standout point to that. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a weird sound. I can't really explain it, but it's um, it's so neutral that it makes me think that it's it's coming from everything, which is weird. But <laughs> that's the only way I can really explain it. No, absolutely, and you know, you're the one who experienced it, so you're the best person to to explain how that that sounded, how that felt, and this thing saved your life and that's amazing yeah yeah it really is because things i mean even if i had survived that i my life would have been forever altered so the fact that i ended up with a um sprained ankle was incredible um so yeah i have to thank it obviously (laughs) because i was able to go on and do cool stuff after that so that was good 
did it change your your paradigm of the world after going through an experience like that? See, this is the weird thing. Um, because I've had experiences with the phenomena since 1989, and that's nearly, yeah, it's, that's three decades, over three decades of experiences. They're so short and so, in, so intense that um, your brain does a funny thing with them, or it does for me. It compartmentalizes them and stores them away, and I just go on with my life. And I think that's why I ended up contacting you is because I can't keep compartmentalizing these experiences and filing them away because there's too many of them now. And I think now, because I'm, I'm writing them down, I'm recording them, and even though they last for a very short amount of time, they actually are in their own ways completely life-altering. And now I need to accept that they are and that it's not a figment of my imagination and it is real and it is and it has happened to me and it probably will keep happening to me in different forms. Um, I think what it's done for me now is that it just makes me want to be a better human because I begin to see that there is a connectedness to through this to everything. And, you know, that's, that's why I've, you know, had the, the job change and all the, the, the ways that I've been thinking about, you know, impacts on the environment and just wanting to help people and changing my life, you know, for the better and yet yeah, being a better human. That's, that's my, my, um, you know, my, my goal really. And I think that has definitely um, kicked it into gear because of these experiences. You know, I took something from your near-death experience, and I don't know if you will take it the same way, but you said that you saw these kind of mundane uh, moments of your life, and, you know, you say you've done, like, way cooler things. Like, what? show, show me those. But what I take from that is that it it shows that, you know, every second of your life counts, regardless if it's, you know, a home run moment or a strikeout moment. Or, you know, the the boring parts in between, it, it kind of shows that every second really does count. It does, yeah. And I think amazing things can happen in, in mundane moments. And what I think it's really shown me is that this, whatever this reality is that we're perceiving, this is soul school. We're learning here. And it's showing me well, the, the textbook. The textbook is my life and I'm learning every you know, every day. So, and that's that goes for all of us. This is a school for us. No matter how hard things can be or how good they can be, we're learning in different ways and we're affecting other people, hopefully positively. And, yeah, I, I think that's what it's shown me. It's, this is pretty much a textbook. Yeah, and that's a very high-level, open-minded thought process to to continue on with your life there, Caleb. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's um, it's taken me a long time to process, um, but it's just because it's been really easy just to, you know, shove these things at the back of my mind and go around my day, because if you, it's it takes up a lot of t- space in your mind, and you do have to just get on with you know things in our immediate um, view. So, um, you know, I've really shoved it away and tried to ignore it, but I think it wants to connect 
because it's better for me and it's better for people around me. So ignoring it hasn't been good. And I think just accepting what it is uh, is a positive thing. Something I noticed that you said there before is that, you know, you've been having paranormal experiences for three decades. So uh, if my notes are right, I think you said about 10 years before you had this um, near-death experience that you were experiencing other things in the paranormal world. Is, Is that something that changed your worldview after you had the the near-death experience like did it amplify things or was it kind of steady all the way through from that point and now a quick word from our sponsor ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Well, I think initially um, when I started as a teenager, um, you know, doing seances as kids do, um, I think I was right into it then and my father you know, when he found out, he was really mad because we were suspended from school because we would take, or we were suspended? Well, we got in trouble and because we were taking off time to have seances in my house. And my father said to me, you are opening doors that you cannot close. And um, he's right, but it doesn't all have to be bad. I mean, there are there are good entities too out there, but it's about tuning the radio and and protecting yourself. So, you know, I think it's uh, it's definitely uh, you know affected me, and it's made me sort of a bit more in tune with that part of um, the universe, I guess. But it's um, you know I'm I'm still trying to work it out, really. Yeah, it's something I hear a lot when it comes to uh, Ouija boards. Is that the the they're not bad you know it's it's all about intent when it comes to to using them and you know closing them off the the right ways and stuff like that where you know you're not leaving yourself open to to anything um and i i also hear this this um from from a friend of mine she goes well what makes you so special that a ghost wants to follow you anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I suppose when you're a kid, you don't think about spiritual hygiene or anything like that. You just want to talk to a ghost. Yeah, for um, sure. But you have no concept of, you know, how to protect yourself. But, um, I mean, I did go to some psychics over the years and find out if I had anything following me, and, and they said no. But, you know, um, I did actually have an entity that did attack me 
Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that right now, but uh, no, absolutely. Yeah. So this is this is probably another first for the podcast. Is this is a uh, a shadow woman? Yes, yeah, I, and I had a real distinct feeling that it had female energy, um, and it's it's sort of had this sort of wispy hair that kicked out that just seemed female. Um, what happened was um, I was in bed, uh, this would be 2012, I think, and my partner was in bed as well. As well. She was asleep and we were both asleep. I was woken up by indentations on the bed, so I had pressure as if something was crawling on the bed like a small person. So as it was advancing up the bed, um, I'd w- I woke up. And I saw this black figure over me and um, with the wispy hair. And the the blackness of the entity, um, it's like the spinal tap thing, none more black. Um, when you see a picture of a black hole and you see the center of the black hole, that is how dense this black was. Because I was awake and the light behind me, which there was a window letting light through, I could see my room clearly. I could see my partner's face clearly as she slept. And I knew this thing was in the room with me and I knew that I was not asleep. So, because I've read about sleep paralysis and it's never happened to me, but um, people say that they can't move. I could move and I could move my head. I could move my eyes. I could move my arms. And I was swinging at this thing. I was was trying to punch it to try and get it off me. Um, And it lunged on me. And as soon as it lunged on me and made contact with me, I got this incredible ringing in my ears. Like, I've got tinnitus from playing in bands for 30-plus years, but this was incredibly loud ringing. And the weird thing about this, Kate, that I haven't told you um, because it's just been revealed to me, I, you know, had a chat to an ex-ambulance officer and a driver officer, and um, we were talking about uh, spinal cords and things like that because we are talking about things that have happened on his job, he told me that if the spinal cord is damaged, that the patient gets an immediate ringing in their ears and the spinal cord sends electrical signals to your brain. So it felt to me how I remember this thing. As soon as it was on me trying to extract energy or take my life force, which is a weird thing to say, but that's what it felt like. Like it it was doing its thing and my ears were ringing because I was messing with my electromagnetic frequencies, I don't know. But when he told me this, I went, my God, dude, that is so strange because I managed to get the thing off me and I was obviously upsetting it enough somehow that it backed off and I thought, okay, that was definitely a dream. That's I've got to be awake now. So I'm, that was a nightmare, but I'm awake now. That's cool. And then it came back while I was going, this is a dream. I was like, no, I'm actually awake and once it came back again, the ringing kicked up again. So that was super strange. And so again, I swung at this thing. And I don't know how my partner didn't wake up, but she can sleep through a bomb going off. <laughs> That's just her. Like, I'm battling some interdimensional demon, and she's just sleeping through the whole thing. And, um, and I know this because I'm looking at her. She's asleep. Like, And if it was a dream, I'm... I would be imagining 
other things in the room that weren't there or be in a different room or to actually perfectly recall my room as it was when I went to sleep. There was nothing out of place. There was nothing different. Um, this was happening while I was awake. And eventually it left. And thankfully it's never come back. Although I did remember that a year later, or sorry, a year earlier, I did have something actually grab my leg while I was awake in bed and drag me down the bed, which was really scary, actually. And I was grabbing onto the mattress to stop being pulled any further. And then that went, but that was invisible. I don't know what that was. Wow. But it, that's the weird thing that these things happen so intensely and so quickly, and then they're gone. And you just, your, your, your normal, like nine to five, seven days a week brain can't deal with that. So it files it away. And you just go on with your life and go, I don't know what to make of it. But once I start collating all these things, um, I'm starting to get a better picture of, of what it might be. That's that's really scary stuff because it's it's so unpredictable then. It's something that just pops up in life and, and disappears at will, which is really terrifying if you think of it. Yeah, it is. It sort of sucks. And I think that that's why I detune the radio so hard because I think the, the last time I really saw anything, um, I saw a tall, like six-foot shadow figure walk into my son's room when he was just born. And I just went, no, enough. And I sent out this thing just like, stop. I don't want to be part of this anymore. Stop it. And it did, and I detuned that radio. But um, I think I was worse for it because... There's a lot of good that can be sort of channeled through it. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, what I, I thought maybe if I, you know, was drinking a lot that it would stop it, and I think it did. <laughs> but then I quit drinking for 18 months and, you know, still didn't happen. So I don't, it's, I don't understand what makes it come back or what keeps it away. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, it it's something that, you know, it's great that you're, kind of doing a little bit more record keeping about it now because you know you might find that it, it could be emotionally charged it could be you know charged from just different types of activity going on in the house and for you you know there'll be some really good um i guess data for you to to process you know obviously at a later stage but it'll also give you a good sense of clarity of you know how to prepare or maybe how to to deal with it or you know you can kind of plan hey this is we usually experience something weird at these moments well if anything happens in the future which i'm sure it will i'm going to make a note of like my emotional state um what's happening at that time and and see if there is a pattern um as whether it's to do with you know i'll even check like moon faces things like that because you don't know like Anything could be um, an amplifier for for whatever this phenomena is. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely make a note of like um, emotional state and, and things like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Because you just you just never know. It could be the the smallest, silliest thing is what these things are you know connecting to. Do you do you find that you find yourself like physically drained after these? these really short but kind of intense outbursts of paranormal activity? I think so, yeah, because they do affect you physically. Um, yeah, from memory, like it, I do feel like 
quite um, exhausted by it because it is. I, I don't know whether it's um, like a adrenaline dump, you know, because you're so freaked out and you're just knackered on the other side. But I think yeah, there's more to it than that. And definitely with that shadow woman um, attacking me, like I really felt like I was like having my life taken, like um, like my energy really just absorbed into another being, and that was horrible. Um, so yeah, I think it is quite psychologically taxing because your mind and and uh, this phenomenon it's obviously connected and yeah it can be it's very draining i've even been with, with seances that i did as a as a teenager i remember being absolutely freezing and no one else was cold in the room like i'd be shaking my teeth were chattering um because there was something in the room and it was an extreme cold that i've never experienced like i live in a really hot city, like it's a warm city all the time. We don't have snow or anything like that, or even frost, really. And yeah, I was the coldest I'd ever been in my life in this room, and no one else was experiencing it. So it really does affect you physically. And that's really hard to explain. You know, you've got your mates next to you, you're doing a seance, and you're over here freezing. Yeah. And they're, they're watching me. They're watching me absolutely shiver, and my teeth are chattering like it's sub zero temperatures. Um, and they're trying to like bit, get tell me to visualize like um, like fire or something to try and snap out of it. They're trying to help me, and there's nothing they can do. Like this thing, um, you know, was obviously controlling the environment so much for me specifically, no one else, which was odd. Yeah, yeah, that is odd because like it's you know it's not uncommon to hear room temperatures drop when there's you know, like a safe spirit in the room or something like that. But for only one person to be affected by that, that's, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, an odd one. Yeah. It's again, it's like a personal attack type thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Cause that, that was, that ended up being a nasty entity that did present itself again. <laughs> yeah. Good times. <laughs> so I have to ask this, this shadow woman that was attacking you, you said you you fought it off. So, did you have a like a physical connection with this, or was it more like a, a mental battle that you had with this this entity? Yeah, there was no physical connection because my hands just passed through it. Um, but I think because of um, just acting something out physically, it's actually sending like a mental uh, like a, a like sort of force back. Yeah, it's sending those intentions like, out. That, that seems to be what happened because, yeah, my hands were doing anything, but it was my intent to, like, kick it off me and just to um, just to get it away from me as, as hard as I could. And I think, yeah, mentally, like, sending that out, I wasn't aware that I was doing that, but because I was actually had that intent to, to get it away from me, that must have, must have done the job. I think intent is probably... 90% of the game when it comes to to the spirit world because i think if you're if you're in control of yourself as much as you can it it really limits the ability for them to to either make that connection to you or to overpower you yeah absolutely and i think that's where um like your sort of uh, mental state does probably does play into that as well because um 
if you don't feel great, um, mate, and I wish I'd taken notes around these things happening. Like if I wasn't feeling great mentally and like, because people talk about frequencies and like maybe I had a lower frequency and I was more susceptible. Um, I would probably say, yeah, that, that is probably what happened. And yeah. So I think it would have to be uh, something to do with, uh, yeah, your intent subconsciously or consciously, um, allowing things in, you know. So how often does the, the paranormal as just like as a whole, like how often does that poke its head up in, in your just everyday life? The weird thing is <laughs> since I contacted you, it happens all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> and the, what, what I call, um, synchronicities. And it's just in the past three months, it's almost daily. Like, and I, I tell my partner, Hey, I saw this today. I saw this today. It's super strange and it happens daily. And yes, there are coincidences in life. You know, there's just things that are like random coincidences, but this is just so obvious and it's got me on a really good path lately, which is amazing. But yeah, like, I'm not seeing spirits. I mean, I mean, there's the odd weird sort of out of the corner of your eye thing where I'm I'm about to address someone like a I think someone like a courier's turned up, but there's someone standing in the distance and they're you know it's, then they're gone. But you know, it's it's more the the synchronicities, um, especially today. We were talking off air about um, you know what I actually did today, which was um, I was driving a van, which is not usual for me i have normally just you know work in a fixed area and and i don't travel out anywhere but i was sent today to go do some deliveries and i was driving a van over the exact same highway in the exact same spot where i had my near-death experience that we're talking about right now and i was the driver of a van driving through the spot thinking i could almost see my phantom self falling out of the back of this van. this is so strange so the fact that we're talking about it out loud on air and I actually played the part of the driver today was really strange. Yeah, it's kind of like it's come full circle, really, hasn't it? <laughs> mm, it has. And it's taken like 24 years to do that. But um, yeah, the synchronicities um, that are happening daily, um, I hope they continue because they seem to have put me on a good path. And, uh, and I'm just going to, I think what it's telling me is to pay attention. Um, you know, just you know, don't go looking for things because humans, we love to find patterns and, uh, you know, we, we love to find, oh, you know, this means this because of this, but it's just recognizing the synchronicities for what they are. Um, which is, I don't know if they're like, they're not, I don't find them as like signposts that I'm on the right track, but it's just, it's like the phenomena saying like, we're, we're here, we're, we're communicating and it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand what you mean. What does your your partner think of all of this? Because, I mean, it's really interesting to, to talk to people who are like yourself. Um, and they have partners, and the partners obviously can't tell you to, hey, stop having those bloody paranormal encounters. You know, I'm not into that. Like, what's the what's the impression that your wife gives about all of this type of stuff? Well, she's very patient. Um, she listens to my uh, experiences and, um, you know, she's not judgmental in any way and, and she's just, she just sort of listens, which is, which is great. 
Um, I don't really feel like I, I want to bombard her with stuff all the time, but like the synchronicity thing is nice and I'll, I'll bring that up with her. But when you've got two people in a relationship and we, and we have a, a young child and we have daily stuff that we have to get on with, someone has to keep it together. <laughs> and that's her, that's her job, you know. I mean, I'm, my my job is to also keep myself together too and do the best I can. But if, if we're both, um, you know, sort of one foot in, in both worlds, that would be tricky. Um, you know, I, I, for her, I, I don't think, I don't know if she's had anything that she would say would be a paranormal experience. I mean, she's had readings and things that have, we could never have predicted actually did happen, which was amazing. Um, but, you know, I think it's just cool that she listens and, and doesn't sort of like shut me down to for bringing these things up. I suppose it's also hard for her because she's um, she's been with me with some of these experiences. Like we, we were in America and I had a few things happen right next to her that she couldn't see or she couldn't feel. Um, so it's just like, yeah, things are happening to me and I'm telling her, but she's not feeling it as well. So it's difficult for her to sort of compute, I guess. Um, you know, so, yeah, I've... I've I've actually been shoved by a ghost or a spirit right next to her in Memphis. <laughs> As um, I was I was entering um, a room, and uh, it was a place called Ernestine and Hazel's in Memphis, and uh, it ended. It was a brothel for a while, and Isaac Hayes and um, the Rolling Stones used to hang out there. And weirdly enough, I didn't even know this either, but at Ernestine and Hazel's, we were lucky enough to go upstairs and check out the upstairs area, which you normally aren't allowed to. It's a bar now and normally upstairs are off limits. But um, I got to play Isaac Hayes' piano that he used to come and play because he lived in Memphis at the time. And I played his piano in front of my partner and I felt this intense electric, static electric um, energy when I was playing his piano. I was just playing a Nick Cave song and just playing it as nicely as I could. And the energy from this piano, like it felt alive. And then I found out later that Isaac Hayes had passed away some years before in Memphis. Oh, so that wow. was strange. And I didn't know this at the time because I used to love Isaac Hayes as a kid. I used to play my dad's Shaft record nonstop and played in funk bands because of Isaac Hayes and you know, as well as many other bands. But, um, yeah, it's, it was strange. And so I played this piano and I was telling her what I was experiencing when I was next to her. And then we, after that, we got up and had a look around and there were two rooms. There was a red room and a black room. And we went into the red room, nothing. But um, she went in front of me into the black room. She entered the black room, no problem. And as soon as I went to go in, I had this really hard shove to my chest and I really got pushed back. And... Um, the sort of vibe I got was no women are allowed. Men are not. And I found later, cause we actually did a ghost tour a couple of days later through Memphis that um, unfortunately, um, one of the ladies that worked there, um, she had someone took her life in a horrible way. And, uh, yeah, she was not happy to see a man in, in her room. Wow. That is, that's intense. It, you definitely seem to, to draw, the activity out in the locations that you go. Yeah. And the weird thing was like my emotional state was happy. We were on holidays in America. And so it wasn't to do with like, maybe I was in a 
darker place and my frequency was low and I invited this thing and like it just seems to happen so randomly there's no rhyme or reason for it it's just if I'm in an area that's high with activity I'm I'm going to probably experience it and just for some random reason I'll I'll have something present itself um which I'll also get to my my last uh story before I ran out of time um I I actually saw a pretty cool UFO. And the weird thing was the whole reason that I contacted you was because of Josh from Shepherd and story. His story and my story were so similar that when I heard that story, I went, I'm contacting Kate about my stuff. I think I need to start, you know, documenting this. So what happened was um, it was 2013. I was on tour in Victoria uh, with a band, and we were doing a three-day festival, um, Rockabilly Festival, I was playing double bass at the time. And the second night, like, I normally don't drink that much when I was playing at that time, and everyone wanted to kick on. I didn't want to um, kick on. So I'd lived in Ballarat around about 2001, and I knew the area quite well. And it was a Saturday night, and it was quite late at night, and no one was around. There was no one on the street. And I made a little shortcut back through the hotel and I was going down this lane and there's two tall buildings either side of me. And as I was walking down this lane, I noticed that there was a a cluster of stars and um, there was about 12 lights in just a group. There wasn't a V-shape, which is because Josh was talking about a V-shape. This this had different lights on because it was a, a cluster. And it was just sort of above and ahead of me where clouds would sit what the height would be i don't know but where you would expect to see clouds that's where these lights were sitting and if you put your your arm out straight and you looked at your index fingernail that's how big they were because i that's what struck me was like they're really big stars and i stopped walking and the lights were moving they were just sort of cruising along really slowly and they were just so neatly parked between these two buildings, like almost like, hey, check this out. And while I'm watching it, the lights streak off into the distance at such an incredible speed. Like they become lines. They're going so fast. And my brain just explodes. And I run after these lights like, as if that's going to do anything. <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm running just to try and get another glimpse because I want it to come back and and then it was gone. But, you know, that really changed, you know, I think that started to really change my perspective and all this because, yes, I've had dealings with spirits and, you know, invited spirits in because I was doing seances and being a, a naughty teenager and, you know, you, if you open those doors, you know, <laughs> you get what, you know, you, you get what you ask for. But once I saw those lights um, and I knew that they moved unlike anything else that, we could build even just driving home today and watching it a plane come into the airport it's so incredibly slow and it's going fast but it's so incredibly slow compared to what i saw and and what josh saw because when he saw those lights streaked off i went i saw that he saw that in 2006 and i saw that in 2013 it was a different configuration but it behaved the same and it was almost like it was waiting for me to observe it before it took off you know, it's so interesting how many people 
have that same type of opinion when they when they have these UFO encounters. It's kind of like the the UFO is there for them. They get their moment and then it's gone. Yeah, and it's like so short, and you just you just go come back, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's it's and that's the hard thing about all of this. Like these experiences are so intense, but it's so short. You, you want it to you, you, almost like let's interact. Like where are you going? It's kind of like you have to go down the rabbit hole and then commit yourself to it one hundred percent. And then where does that take you? Yeah. Well, I think that's my biggest issue is that for the last five plus years. I don't have the time, and I think that's why I detune the radio. I just don't have the time and the mental space to to really engage with it. Um, but I don't think it's asking me to. I think it's just wanting me to accept it and, and not try and figure it out because it's almost like I, I couldn't be able, I might not be able to grasp even a one iota of what it is. It's maybe completely beyond my, my my thinking. I might just never be able to understand it. So, but I, I can accept it. Yeah, and you know, I I always have this. I guess theory is is probably the best way for me to explain it. Is that people who have a lot of paranormal encounters will eventually have a lot of UFO encounters because I really feel like that. The, the two phenomenons aren't as different as some people may think. It's not. And I think the more I've read about it and the more that I've thought about my own experiences, I, I seem to think that it's less a physical craft. It's more like whatever the ether or ectoplasm or whatever spirits are, cons- um, you know, can, that they consist of, it's almost like it's the same stuff. And you might just be right. You might just be right because uh, a good friend of mine, Damien Knott, he, he kind of blew my mind with this this little phrase that he told me. And he said, and I'll paraphrase it because I will absolutely butcher what he said, but essentially it's the the only difference between an orb in the sky and an orb in your house is the human classification on what we put on that. There's no difference between yeah. the two. Well, if I think about how entities have manifested in the past and I'm looking at these orbs and they're, they're not stars, they're, it's almost plasma-like or the way that, you know, I've, I've seen a... A couple of entities where it looks as real as you and I, or and I've seen the sort of, you know, the 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 classic ghost shape, which is like a, a white sort of um, energy, and, and other orbs that have come into my life, and it, it seems like even though it was miles away, it's it really does seem like the same stuff. It, to me, it didn't seem like lights on a ship. It it um, yeah, I mean, for, I would love to believe that there are. ETs, you know, constructing craft and and traveling, but I don't think I don't think it is. I, for me, I, I think it's 
part of this earth and part of um, like an energy that existed alongside us forever. And for some reason, it messes with us. And I don't know why. It's, it's, I don't know whether it's like a trickster entity or what it is, but, you know, for it, for it just to appear and then just to streak off, it's like, I don't understand why it would do that, but it's done it to me and heaps of other people. Um, so it makes me think that, yeah, it's connected to this phenomena, which is the same phenomena as spirits, um, you know, what have you. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's part of some sort of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you, you might be right there, Caleb. It's, it's such a, a, a crazy, weird world out there and the, the possibilities are endless. And I, I feel so lucky, you know, that I get to, to talk to people like you who get to experience these things on another level and I get to share your story. So, you know, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and, and just sharing these moments of your, of your life with us. I think it is, I think it's so fantastic. I think the, the near death experience that you had was fantastic. And I think a, a good message to take from it is that, you know, every moment of your life matters and every moment counts. And, uh, man, the, the shadow woman, that thing is just scary. There's nothing else to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd rather that she not come back. I'd, yeah. I'd rather definitely, um, she's, she stay away, but yeah, more orbs in the sky. I'd be cool with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.